like everybody has a story and everybody has value. So it's just a matter of getting it out to the world. Hi, Eric. It's awesome. Hello. It's absolutely awesome of you to spend some time to chat with me. I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate being here. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's long overdue, man. I've been following your story for quite a bit, so we've got quite a lot to cover. Um, you're a videographer. You're a photographer. You're a storyteller, public speaker, gamer, streamer, influencer, co-founder of one of the fastest growing companies in Milwaukee, Urban Misfit Ventures. Did I miss anything else? <laughs> I mean, it's as much as I know I do. <laughs> I mean, you're doing quite a lot of things, but I think I want to start first with LinkedIn. As this is the first place where I met you, where I saw you, which was just over a year ago, I think. And at that time, you were doing videos every damn day. Uh, and I think that lasted for about, I don't know if I'm wrong, about three months, something like that. Nine, 90 days. Yeah. Why the hell were you doing that? And how did that impact what you're doing today? I think it, I mean, arguably, I would say it created what I did today. So um, you had Q on, obviously, and Q had met with me and was like, LinkedIn video. And I'm like, I mean, I'm comfortable in front of a camera, but why video on LinkedIn? Like it's a professional's network. I put resumes on there. I tell people I went to college here, that sort of thing. Like I don't make videos on LinkedIn. It's like, no, now you do. <laughs> like, okay, well, all right. I grandfathered me in a little bit. So we made a video together and then I had to actually the next day off of work for my job at the time. And it's like, yeah, okay, let's make another one. You know, I'm not doing anything, work on whatever, try this message. I got a lot of, a lot of feedback on that first video and a lot of people that I connected with that I kind of noticed there was like a, an immediate gap of like actual people that were using more than just their phones. And that wasn't like a, that's by no means a bash. It's just, that's what people had available to them at the time. And still do. So I was like, all right, let's make another one. You know, it looks good. Some different that people maybe aren't used to seeing on LinkedIn video. So I made one that day as well. And then the next day I had the day off as well. And I'm like, all right, well, I know I'm going to be working a lot next week. Let's just make like one video for every day. And at this point, I, I wasn't thinking of going daily. I was just like, well, I'm just going to keep making until the fire runs out. Right. Yeah. And it just kept going and kept going and kept going. And then like maybe two weeks or so. And I'm like, all right, well, I might as well just say at this point I'm going yeah. daily because I, I am. So I did. Um, I just kind of bash videos was kind of the secret to that success. But, you know, with with that, he was like, I've had a lot of people that I've said, you know, do LinkedIn video. And maybe the farthest somebody got is like two weeks of yeah. inconsistent, you know, not daily even. It's like, let's let's make a company. Here's this idea. Let's make a company out of it. And like, <laughs> hey, all right. Now we're talking. Let's do it. <laughs> And you were doing videos before, haven't you? I think I think you were doing YouTube videos as well and stuff like that. So, so was that quite an easy transition for you to go from YouTube to from streaming to to LinkedIn? It was for me because you know it was I I try and you know reduce fluff and everything that I create, and I've kind of done that better I think over the years. So for me to go to LinkedIn video, it's like okay, well now I'm really eliminating any BS, yeah. if you will, because now it's just one to three minutes of just. Here's what I have to say. Enjoy it. So I learned a lot about, you know, just how do I keep my message clear and concise? So being in front of a camera was nothing that I was uncomfortable with. Trying something out of the box wasn't necessarily anything that I was uncomfortable with. It was just, okay, now I'm not 
creating a tutorial on how to create this piece in After Effects, or I'm not reviewing this camera lens. I'm talking to professionals that have a lot of money. So what is my message and how do I kind of refine that? So you're, you're probably sort of one of the pioneers or ambassadors for video on LinkedIn, to be honest. And because of that, there's a lot of people that feel that they need to go out and do video on, on LinkedIn. Um, I think there's, there's just two questions that I want to ask regarding that. First of all, for somebody that actually wants to get out there, wants to get in front of a camera, but has quite a lot of, whether it's insecurities or, or maybe has never been in front of a camera, is there any advice that you could give them sort of to go do those first steps? Yeah, I think like really it comes down to just like you have to get over yourself. You know, I think we're all holding ourselves to like this image and like that that isn't a thing on video. You just have to, here's my message. I know like everybody has a story and everybody has value. So it's just a matter of getting it out to the world. So often I suggest people just take their phone, go out for 10, 20, 30 minutes, whatever, and just record as many takes as you need. But when that timer stops, you're done. You find the one that you like the most and you just hit upload, turn your phone off and walk away. Because, <laughs> you, you know, that you just do it and nine times out of 10, in fact, arguably 100 times out of 100 and you know, two, you get positive feedback, right? And it's not, nobody's going to come on your first video and just hate everything that you're about. So it's just that, you know, that fear of, it's a different, a lot of people consider it like a different social situation, you know? So it's not, I'm not going to a networking event. Oh, I better, you know, dress up or have a cocktail or whatever. It's, I'm putting myself through video where what I say is solid. I can't go replace that video or change things about yes. that video. So it's like this, different social space that people have to get used to, I think. Well, but one thing that I did notice that, so I personally, what I started with Snapchat, and the reason I started with Snapchat was, I'll record something, I'll post it, and I'm 99% sure nobody will ever see it, right? Yeah. So there was a bit of that safety, it's on social, but it's not, right? LinkedIn is still a professional network, and you, as you said, like you, the post that you put out is to professionals, right? So when you do those first videos, I think this is where LinkedIn puts that extra layer of, of fear of this is how the professional industry is going to see me and what if I F up, you know? Yeah, that's, that's definitely something. And, you know, I think like that is definitely something as well. But you just have to realize that like, okay, if I meet this person, what I'm putting out in these videos should represent who I am so that when I do meet this person in real life, offline, it's the same, you know? So many people either put on a persona or try and boost themselves up through video, and that's just not why you record video, in my opinion. You know, yeah. you record video to get who you are out to the world so that it's essentially an extension of an in-person conversation. So I can have this piece of information that maybe strikes up a conversation the next time we have coffee together, or maybe the next networking event, it's the topic of, you know, a group chat or something, you know, like there's so many different ways to go about it, but yeah, you have to be cognizant of just being you. Yeah. And I think this is where I guess the next question comes in. Cause I think, Seeing the success of people like yourself and Q and Bremen, whatever it may be, uh, of actually doing video, putting out content on social media, LinkedIn especially, it puts a lot of pressure on, say, you know, small business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, and even successful entrepreneurs to actually get out there and do stuff. 
does it need to be video? And actually, do they need to do that? Because like, so I guess my question is like, is it, is it a necessity or is it more of an extra in your opinion? I know you're a bit biased because that's, that's ba your business is based on that. But if you... No, I, I always have tried to, to say this just an extension, you know, like I kind of touched on a little bit ago, but I think just, you don't have to make video. You can post texts, you can post articles, you can post blogs, you can post photos, whatever. Like it doesn't have to be a video. I think like a lot of people are just sick of, you know, you can never tell the inflection of an email, right? But if I make a video, you know how I inflect on things, you know, my excitement level toward things. You get to see all of that without having to, maybe read through the lines of an email or have to take a coffee meeting. You get a lot of who people are through video. So, I mean, I'm naturally a video creator, but that's also why I stick with video because then anybody on LinkedIn, since it is a professional's network, meets me in person and they're like, I saw your LinkedIn videos. I don't have to introduce myself then. They know who I am. They know what I'm about. They know what I like. They know just me as a person. So, yeah. you know, then it's, it's, I say it's taking that initial discovery layer off of a lot of conversations and then you can get people that approach you and say, hey, let's work together. Okay, well, sweet. Now we're sitting down for coffee to talk about how we're working together and not this is who I am. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I've, I've noticed that myself as well. So if you go into a meeting and it feels like you had a few meetings already, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and you just touched on, the, you know, you're you're a, a video person kind of naturally yourself and you made your first video I think when you were in a junior in high school about 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 oh, Batman yeah. or something like that right was that when you first realized that video is your thing is that really something you enjoy doing yeah I mean it goes back even probably further um I, I was huge into like video games and it got to this point of like well you know there was this company Machinima and there were a few creators through this company Machinima that were making Call of Duty commentaries and they were making them like funny and cool and interesting. And I'm like finding myself watching this and I'm like kind of without, I guess, realizing at the time, reverse engineering it a little bit of like, okay, well, this is a video game and on the surface it's mundane. I can go play the same video game I have it, whatever. And then it's people talking, which again, I could go to TV if I want to see people talk and throw tables, yeah. whatever, you know, like, so there's, there's like this thing and it, it blended together so well in, in their content. It was kind of like the, I guess, beginning of what was the call of duty commentary at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I want to do that. And I want to be this famous person. I want to meet these people and be that, you know, be at that level. And yeah. obviously I wasn't ready. I wasn't mature enough. I wasn't funny enough or, you know, so monotone and all these things and nervous in front of the camera and everything. And, you know, it's just me in my bedroom talking to inanimate objects, really, you know, so. But I think it's just, you know, that's really what got me started. And naturally, I just always stuck with it. I knew that I would be a creative person, but I never really, I guess, tried too hard to go into anything specific. I kind of just let myself create and the tools that I chose to use to create were video tools typically or photo tools you know so i just kind of let it go now that you own a company well co-own right how much yeah. creativity is still left because what i've noticed a lot of times as creatives when they go into business the further they go down in it the less creative work they start doing do you feel that or do you still manage to sort of do quite a lot of creative work yourself 
I feel the exact opposite, actually. I feel like I think when we first started, the big focus was we plus I. So we want to be a business and obviously businesses have to make money. But at the same time, we're still influencers. We're still creators. We're still, you know, human beings at the end of the day. So I learn a lot from, you know, okay, so like yesterday, for example, Brem and I had recently bought monitors for our cameras and, you know, we're playing with the features and, and I discovered false color, which essentially will take all of the brightness values and put it on a zero to 107 scale. And then you yeah. get to see like where brightnesses lie. So to me, I'm learning these things both in personal work and in professional work. So now I'm learning, okay, well, if I shoot in a flat profile on my camera, I know to expose somebody's face to this level. So I can focus on that and then I can go home and like this weekend, I'm going to make a tutorial on it. But regardless, like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I know like, okay, if I'm going to expose my face for a YouTube video, I know now, okay, I've learned this is where my face in terms of brightness level should be. So like we, we apply a lot between the two and we kind of bridge the gap a lot. And I think it's really cool because we are able to create what we want to create, you know, and a lot of our clients know that, they know what they're getting into, right? So they know what our style is, if you will. So we get to just have fun, create our way and apply that to other things. So I would say that if nothing else, we get more ideas or, you know, want to try something else on this, on on our spare time. So it's fun. That's awesome, man. It's great that you actually managed to keep that because at least from what I've noticed, that's quite, quite rare because obviously running a business, you know, entails so many different things. Um, and actually speaking about that, you know, you're, that, that's your very first business, correct? Yep. Yeah. And you've been running for just over a year? I think just under. Under a year, right. yeah. Yeah, I think like late June, July was when we had our launch party. Right. So I imagine everything that was happening was very, very new for you. What, what you know, I'm not going to ask sort of what are the lessons you've learned because I imagine there were too many to fit in this podcast. But <laughs> was there something that particularly stuck with you where you were, just went, I had no idea that this is the case? I think like the answer that I always give and it always surprises people is I've learned a lot about business. I've learned a lot about entrepreneurship and even a lot more about being a creator than I knew when I, before I started this. But I think what I've learned most is myself. I think like I know what I need to operate. I know what my sleep schedule is. I know how I've learned a lot about like really what are my habits. And if I get into a pressure situation, what happens to me? And if I am really excited, what happens? And how do I level those things out? And how do I still be a leader to the team, but still take care of myself? Do I need to spend some time? Like I, it's not a strict thing on my schedule, but I have it on my schedule Monday, Wednesday, Friday to go to the gym. It's just a break in the day. Keeps me fit, keeps me healthy. I'm obviously sedentary while I'm at work because I'm at a computer behind a desk, that sort of thing. So I try and keep active, but you know, just learning where your, where your skills are, where are you best and leaning into those things is really important. Did you have to change your habits? I don't know if I really had to change a lot of habits I just had to lean into habits so like for me it was I'm, I'm an early riser I've always been an early riser but now it's okay 5 30 is my alarm right. I don't 
I've it, it just, I would say it's more like adjusting. So before I'd be like, well, if I would have kept at seven, I would give a seven or, you know, my old job. Okay. It's my old job was kind of all over the place, but now it's, I'm going to control every aspect of my life. So I say, I, it isn't how many hours of sleep I get. I'm going to wake up at five 30 every day and I'm going to go to bed when I'm tired. So however much energy I lost today, I'll go to bed and then I'll wake up at five 30 and my body's really responded well to that. And I've, changed like my diet like I've kind of gone obviously not you know I'm definitely an 80 20 diet guy but I've gone with like a no sugar no added sugar diet yeah so just little things like that that just take what I thought I knew about myself and just like okay this is really what works for me so I can just be a better version of myself yeah and that comes from the basically the challenges that you face day-to-day basis in the business that you feel like you need to perform better or is there something else that sort of pushed you into doing those additional things? I think it was just like I was running my health to the ground. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't, you know, the confidence wasn't there. And just I started to kind of notice those trends. And it was like, okay, I, I know I'm better than this. And it isn't, you know, to be the best performer or anything like that. It's just I just want to be the best me. If I can provide the best me to the world, I know that that will be plenty. And then yeah. if I can just improve myself through my skills, through my, you know, just general kindness and general positive human things, like that will radiate, you know? So that's more so where I was focused. So for somebody that either just started a business or is looking to start a business, um, what would be the advice that you give? Or is it the fact that focus on yourself you know rather than anything else i think it's a lot of it is focusing on yourself like know what you need to operate do you need a certain amount of sleep do you need to eat a certain way do you need to exercise often like finding those things out about yourself and then creating your schedule around that so even if you do start a business for the first time or start a business in any field like you're gonna have a very oddball schedule like that's a guarantee but if you can fill in those necessities of life you will be able to then excel at everything so yeah that was my anecdote and i i mean recently i would say like even just up to three months ago is really when i took notice and really hit hard on that message and it's really really made a big difference yeah yeah and that that definitely makes sense i think the only thing that might be difficult as as sort of keeping to that schedule that you do you know um i know that i had a channel i was all over the place before i started any business and and now like i couldn't live without a google calendar that's like my best friend at the moment right right? (laughs) and you learn like that structure like before i started business i didn't have a google calendar i didn't use a scheduling system right like okay i worked from 7 a.m one you know my old job was kind of a weird schedule but you know if we start at 7 a.m okay well I'm starting at 7 a.m. and when we're done, we're done, you know? So, like, I kind of got used to a weird schedule, but just knowing, like, the not last week, but the week before, like, I didn't exercise at all that week. But then last week, we went and played basketball, you know, Q, Izzy, and I. So, like, if it's a if it's a little slow of a day, like, take advantage of that. Go do those things that your body yeah. needs, you know, or your, you know, your mind needs. Like, take care of those things when you have that time. Yeah. Makes sense, man. Um, public speaking, that's something you're doing now as well. Is that something you always wanted to do or that just came naturally? Never in a million years did I see myself speaking. I was, 
that shy kid in, in high school, all through school, and never really, like, I was everybody's friend, but I was nobody's best friend. So I right. didn't really have a lot of social situations. So I was totally always an outcast. So I never thought I'd speak. Every time I had to even give a presentation, even with a group, I would be freaking out. Just terrible. So how did it happen? I was, I, repetition, one thing. But two, like, I think it became a point where, I knew I was confident in what I was talking about. I knew that I liked talking about what I was talking about. So for me, it was less about the fact that I was up on stage and everybody's eyes were on me and more of look at all of these people that I get to positively impact. And I think when I sort of had that mindset, I started to look in the audience and not, oh my gosh, you're looking at me. What if I'm saying something weird or wrong? Or what if my hair's weird? Whatever, you know, it was less of that and more of like, okay, I see that that person's engaged because I'm talking about this. Let me lean into this a little bit more. You know, I'm starting to maybe be a little bit more analytical when I'm talking and less, like, fearful. Like, the first panel that I was on for LinkedIn in, in Richmond, Virginia, was, like, I was the last one to speak at the first question. I'm just holding that mic just terrified. But then, like, the second I got done with my first sentence, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I see so many people just resonate with that. This is why I'm here. This is what I want to do. So it just like, maybe maybe I'm a, an odd case, but for me, it just kind of was like, oh, I'm not scared because I'm helping these people and I want to help these people. So why don't I just do that? <laughs> How much of a difference it is like doing public speaking and because you've done streaming, right? And you get right. a lot of views on your videos and stuff like that. You know, that's a massive audience. But is it is it very different when you actually see those people when you're speaking publicly? I think it is. And like, obviously, when I when I'm on Twitch, I try and make it as in person, I guess, of an experience as I can, because, you know, I, I don't want I'm not good at video games. So I don't want people to come because I'm good at video games, because that's not why they're there. But if I can help people have a better day, then that's why I'm there. So like, I try and bridge that gap as best as possible. But yeah, it's different in person, because you know, it's, you get to see immediate reactions. So you get to see if I'm talking about how I create a video or, you know, how we make money as a company. And I can see people starting to nod their heads. Well, okay, now I can, I have all of this other stuff that I can talk about. Maybe I just focus a little bit more here. Yeah. So a little bit more. So you that. adapt on the fly as well. Yeah. Yeah. And there isn't obviously a video game as your backdrop. So you can't just like reference it all. So. Yeah. <laughs> So okay, so let's touch a bit on 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 gaming. There's there's one interesting thing um, that you said some time ago that being a gamer actually helped you become a better entrepreneur. Can you elaborate on that? Because I, I I'm really curious to understand that. Yeah. So for me, like I mentioned, I was kind of an outcast growing up, so I never really was. I, I mean, truthfully, I would argue that the there was a gap between like second grade when I got my first deck of Pokemon cards at a birthday party and my sophomore year of college. I did not hang out with anybody. I right. didn't ask anybody to come over. I didn't go play with any unless it was like an organized sport, you know, so I didn't really have that that social response a lot of the time. So it's like, OK, well, I know that I want to do X, Y, and Z, which ended up becoming what is now the business, but I didn't know it at the time, but I knew that I needed the social skills to do it. So I'm like, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, let's make YouTube videos. If I can make YouTube videos, well, then I'm 
starting without being with people, but I'm still talking to people. I'm still influencing people. So that was kind of the start of it. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm playing video games. Let's just, I'm just going to do it live, right? Like if I'm just going to play video games, if I can invest that same time that I'm already playing the video game in influencing people's days and helping people have better days through talking to them on Twitch, well, why don't I just do that too? So then it was like, okay, then immediate substitute. But then what I didn't realize at the time was I was getting social skills. I could react to people calling me ugly. I could react to people coming in my stream and saying that they just got diagnosed with leukemia. I can deal with all of those things because they've all happened. (laughs) So I know how to handle all these things, but I didn't realize that I was building those social skills at the time. So now, networking event, I'm a lot more empathetic. And I would say that I'm able to put myself in people's shoes a lot easier because it's... You know, Twitch is very easy to just project as a viewer because you don't, you're just behind a keyboard, right? But if I can, as a streamer, eliminate that barrier and just talk to you as a human being, then we can make progress. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot without really even knowing it in that sense. And do you sort of, so obviously that they gave you a bit of a thicker skin in terms of, you know, getting feedback and being criticized and stuff, especially yeah. that you get that being out there on social. Um, does that and that helped you sort of manage people within the company as well you reckon i would say i think like it's it's a lot of like i said i think empathy is is a good word for it because i think it's just you know we we're all new to this for the most part i mean q's run a few businesses and izzy's been in a much more professional position before but for most of us it's just we're all learning on the fly so it's a lot of you know when i had when my dad was going through his chemotherapy like the team was empathetic with me when somebody else has something that they're going through, like we're empathetic with them. And I think it's just, you know, for, for our situation, we're a small team. So if we can just be humans and be there for each other when we need it the most outside of work, well, then we all come together and just crush what we have to do for their clients. But so you're growing quite quickly. How hard is it to transfer that, that, that culture and that empathy into the new people that are coming in? Because not necessarily everybody went through what you've been through. Right, but and, and a lot of people on the team have gone through more. You know, Brema was a, a refugee, so, like, I can't empathize with that. But if if he needs to just go do, you know, go skate or whatever, like, go. Like, yeah. take care of yourself, you know? Like, do those things. I can't put myself in every situation, but if I can help you through those situations when you need it, then we'll grow. And I think like for anybody that we bring on, it's we're never really like looking, but we're always keeping our eyes open. So if somebody comes and we're like, yeah, that would be a good culture fit. We're looking for this position. Like, you know, we, we broadcast ourselves through our content so that we only attract the people that want to be part of it anyway. Yeah. And I think a lot of you, you know, at least the main guys of your company have really strong personal brands. You know, you know what Q is, you know what Bids is, you know, you know what Easy right, is right. and stuff like that, right? Yeah. For people that actually want to build their personal brands but don't know where to start, where do you think they should? What are the first steps? Find out what you like. I would say that's it. Step one, step all. Find out what you like. Because if, you, if you're not enjoying it, then over time that will wear on you and it will start to show. So if you're going to be a personal brand, find out what you like. I'm a, even I'm if a, that's unrelated to your business what's that even if that's unrelated to your business so i would say yeah yeah 
like I'm a gamer, but I'm also an entrepreneur. So now what I'm finding is I'm actually having this really cool blend of entrepreneur friends on Instagram and gamer friends on Instagram kind of coming together a little bit, right? Like I had one of our clients came to one of my Twitch streams because like, you know, I tweeted all out. And if, you know, we're a very personable company, so like we have clients follow us on other social, like it's not uncommon, I guess, for us. So like they, one guy from this company came and then one of his co-founders came as well. And they were talking smack to each other in my Twitch chat while I'm playing (laughs) chess and stuff. And I'm like, this is cool because we're, we're able to be both professional, but still personable. Mm -hmm. So we're able to be like, you have the client work and we've taken care of that. And we've taken care of you as a client. And now you're here because you want to see one of us play game, whatever, you know? So it's a really cool mix, I think. So even if it doesn't relate to your business, just find out what you like, because then when you're not working on the business, you got to enjoy the time that you're spending anyway. True. Um, one thing that I did notice is that when you're doing stuff differently as you are, you get a lot of, and sort of you put it out there, you get a, a lot of backlash, basically. You know, I hear people saying, you know, they're just pretending to be entrepreneurs. You know, they should focus on the fundamentals of the business rather than, you know, going out there and stuff like that. How do you ignore all that noise? How do you stick to who you truly are? Because I know what I have to do today and I know that we're okay. And I learned that through getting a thick skin through Twitch and all that, right? Like you can come in and try and break our walls all you want, but like we know what's going on. We know that we're good. We're making money. We're doing all of these things. That's really, really cool. And yeah, we haven't done the best job of sharing that. We have Ken now who's kind of vlogging and you know making sure that a lot of that is being shown more. But we know who we are and what we're about. And mm-hmm. we're confident in that. And we're excited for the future. And we know where we're going. So yeah. nobody can really say anything that derails us because, well, you're not here. So you don't know. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Um, what got you into gaming in the first place? My dad. Super Nintendo, <laughs> Mario Kart, Super Metroid, all that. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he used to work at a... I, I mean, I was way too young to remember any of this, but he used to work at a at a video game rental store, kind of like what Blockbuster was, but on a much smaller scale and locally. Um, so he had the opportunity to bring a lot of games in when I was little and... It would be, my parents were very like, okay, only on Friday nights. But when it was Friday night, I knew I was playing some Super Metroid. So <laughs> that's what I was looking forward to. Did you ever see gaming and esports growing into what it is today? Even when I was in esports, I didn't see it growing to what it is today. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I was, I think like 2015, 2016 is when I was kind of really, really invested in it as a photographer. But like, even then it was still very much in the early stages of like, okay, well we have these gamers, but how are we also a business and how do we also make money, but still have sponsors, but still show the video game, but still, okay, now it's on TNT and now it's on all of these American television networks or is YouTube, you know, there are still all of these questions. And I think it was just really cool to kind of see it develop. Do you do you think you're going to be heavily involved with any esports going forward? Is that something one of your passions? I hope so. I think I'm learning a lot about business that I can apply to what I would want to do in esports. Like I said, I'm not a good, I'm not the best player in the world. Like I can't, my kill to death ratio ain't the best. But you know, I I can make 
make content look good, right? Like I'm always on the media side. So maybe that's, you know, investing in maybe, maybe Q brings me on his team and, and then I get to be the, uh, the media of his team. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) But I think I'm learning a lot about the business side. Like, you know, you're starting to see a lot of athletes, professionals, like traditional sports athletes investing. So like now I understand what, all of that article means. Whereas before yeah. a year ago, even I would have no idea what all of these terms meant. <laughs> the thing is that you do because you do media, right? You're you're sort of a visual storyteller, so you're responsible a lot of what defines a brand, how people perceive the brand, and probably you know potentially with esports, it could even do you know how you present the industry itself. Even though esports is growing rapidly, it still it still has quite a lot of negativity around how it affects you both physically and 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 mentally. Um, what are your thoughts on that, and how do you reckon we could change that perception? I don't know if it necessary like the perception needs to be changed i don't know how much of like the actual act needs to be changed. Like there was a period when you started to see like a lot of players like. I would say like 2014 to 16, a lot of like news stories popped up like, oh, carpal tunnel and, you know, sedentary lifestyles. And like, I was absorbing it. Like, yeah, you know, that's a thing. Like I, I know when I used to play World of Warcraft for 20 hours out of a 48 hour weekend, like, yeah, my wrist hurt on Monday. Of course it did. I played 20 hours of video games, but I didn't work out that weekend. I didn't eat right. I had nothing but cappuccino and pop tarts or whatever right so like i didn't take care of myself and now you're starting to see this change of like there's so many like gears of war when i was photography for gears of war tournament like i would say that half of the players that i still follow today even just like from that moment to today are all fit as heck now and they're all working out all the time and they're doing all these things so like if you're going to be a professional in your field you have to devote a lot of time to it but traditional sports athletes have the added effect of okay i'm exercising while i'm doing that right like it's it's the mm-hmm. art of it but now you're seeing these gamers that are still maintaining a good healthy lifestyle but still being professionals in their craft yeah so it's getting there it's getting there but i think it's definitely getting there i guess my question was more about do you feel like you because you've got that skill set do you plan to contribute to that to sort of you know put out that message that you know, it's not necessarily some teenager in a room with a Coke bottle in his hand playing games. It's actually a lot more than that. I've recently spoken to a person who's actually using gaming um, uh, as part of his charity to help people with physical disabilities actually sort of reinvent themselves and find sort of new ways to communicate and obviously to immerse into a new world and stuff like that. So there's, there's so much more than esports can do. And I guess this, this is where I was coming from as to sort of, because you've got that skill set. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it for me is just bringing out the positives, right? You know, showing the stories of like players, meaning, you know, kids that have idolized them and, and showing that like these are professional video game players. Like it's yeah. the same thing as it is in any other field. They are professionals in that craft and they're starting to become very business savvy because now it's starting to be, there's a lot of money won at these tournaments and they have to learn a lot about my contract. And now you see with yeah. like the TFU thing, like there's a lot of, okay, well now you're going to have to pay attention to these things. So like, I think it's just showing like, yeah, there's going to be hiccups like this TFU thing, but 
at the same time, you're now the whole Twitter universe knows like, okay, they have to worry about contracts. They have to worry. They're, they're big boys now too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Wait, so where do you see esports going next? I know it's hard to predict, but maybe no, there's something you're excited about where it's going next. I'm excited about where it's going next. I think like, you know, there's, it's, I don't want to say it's plateau because it, I don't think it ever will, but like there's, you know, you have to now, I think the next step I think is bringing it into the same space as traditional sports. Cause I think it's that, that stigma is starting to shift toward that. And I think if we're going to call it a, a professional sport, yeah. then we need to televise it like a professional sport. Like yeah. you have Twitch that streams these events and maybe that's where it lives. But at the same time, like, you know, you have, millions of people that watch the Super Bowl, but maybe only 150,000 people watch the League of Legends final. Mm. Why is that? Because, yeah. well, you know, there's age groups and demographics, obviously, that go with that, but that will change. Ten years from now, when that 150,000 people are 30 and whatever, okay, mm. well, I would rather watch the League of Legends, even though I don't like League of Legends, yeah. than the Super Bowl. That's just my personal preference. So, like, I think the future is that teeter-totter is going to start to kind of yeah. shift a little. So what do you like? What's your game? What's your go-to game? Gosh, um, so I'm eSports title-wise, I play World of Warcraft a lot. I play Heroes of the Storm a lot. Um, but outside of that, I spent hours upon hours playing like City Skylines. So that's just like a SimCity-style city simulator. Like, I just love the creativity of it. I can start a new map, and it's my yeah. own canvas to build a new city on. It's, it's weird. It's but Being creative and st still, still in games. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Um, what's the best place for people to see your game or to follow your journey as well? Yeah, anywhere. Uh, Dids Live. You search that, you'll find me. Um, MK Misfits or Urban Misadventures for the company, if you want to find any of that. But yeah, pretty simpler than I anticipated. That was pretty good. Yeah. We, we did a good job. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. You know, personal brand is your thing as well, isn't yeah. it? So it goes yeah. hand in hand. I used to have so, like my name as the Twitter handle and then Diz Live is, and then finally yeah. I was like, okay, Diz Live works on everything. Let's just do it. Let's just make everything that. And it's been seriously a game changer. <laughs> so, in short, how does your next year look like and what are you most looking forward to? As much as I'm loving everything that's going on with the business, I'm looking forward to getting married in the next year. That will, that will definitely that will be a super life highlight for me. Um, looking forward to that. It's been five years of a long distance relationship. It'll be finally nice to see it end, hopefully late July. I'm hoping. We're hoping. She's got an interview date set in early July, so we'll see how, how long that takes afterward. But... Just, you know, excited for, for personal growth, business growth. I'm learning a lot more about just the undertones of business and meeting a lot of awesome people along the way and being able to inspire those around the world. That's amazing, man. Can I just touch on one thing? Because that's, that's, that's something that's very sort of important and challenging to me personally, really, yeah, is that work-life balance. Do you think that exists and how... How do you deal with it yourself? I think it exists. Um, so like last night is actually a really good example. I got home and like when I got home last night, I knew that I had to edit a podcast and upload it. 
as yeah. well as like there's other things that I have that I can do, but at the same time, like the that podcast and making a LinkedIn video were really the only two pressing things that needed to be done before I went to bed. So called my fiance on, on Google Hangouts, like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Like, do you want to play some games for a little bit? Or you know, am I gonna get started on this? Or, you know, kind of just gauging that communication and like, you know, spent time, ate dinner with my family. I still live at home. So ate dinner with them. My fiance would wanted to play Final Fantasy, which is very much a single player game. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to work. So <laughs> that's kind of how I approach, you know, just make sure that everything's taken care of and then find your time too. So communication and prioritizing from what I understand. Yeah. Cool, man. That's amazing, man. Thank you very much for your time. That was really, really Thanks awesome. I think I feel like I could keep talking to you for <laughs> ages. Um, just one last thing that I want to say is that I've been following you for for just over a year, and you've 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 been. It was really astonishing to see your growth in that year. Um, I think you went from somebody that you could see that has a passion but doesn't really know where to put it and how to approach it to somebody that has enough self-awareness to be really true to himself and really communicate that to the audience and actually teach them, whether it's through social media, public speaking, or whatever it may be. Um, so I think that's something that I personally, you know, am learning from you as well. Um, and I'm really, really excited on to what you do next, personally, and both with Urban Misadventures as well. So thank you for your time and, and, and best of luck, man. No, I, I think like truthfully, like I would argue that that didn't click for me until like three months ago. I don't know what it was. Like it just like I just woke up and I'm like, well, where am I at? Like, seriously, like I was really hard on myself for a little bit. But at the same time, now I feel like you said, like that direction is clear. And I think that was like the skill was there. The idea was there, but there was no path for it to go down, both personally and professionally. And I think that like. I was doing cool things for the company. I was doing cool things for myself, but I don't think I really was like doing it with intent. And I think that's where that, that came out. So you did awesome. ask Jeez, that, that, that yeah, but so I don't want to hold you too long as well. No, but. you're good. <laughs> you did ask a question. Was that the trigger that you sat down and, and you actually asked yourself, what is it that I'm going? Yeah, so... I'll, I'll just say it like, you know, I was starting to get comments from people both in person and online, like, you know, I got LinkedIn live, right? And I used it, but there's just like, I, f I think a lot of people saw potential in me, but didn't necessarily see me going upon that potential. And they were starting to be like, hey, you know, like you have LinkedIn live, like use it or you have this community use, you know, yeah. like what, what's going on. And I think like, at first I was like really deflated, like, you know, I, I think I'm doing good thing. Like I think, you know, whatever. But then I, I just like kind of eventually got to the point where I just sat back and I'm like, dang, they're right. And it isn't it. I think initially I took it as a cut, but I think really it was more of a dude, you're, you're awesome. Like, why are you not here? Why are you only here? You know, it wasn't, oh, you're not crap or whatever. It was, I know you can be here. Why mm -hmm. are you only here? Right. So I think it's just eventually one day that I woke up and I was like, dang, that's what they're trying to say. <laughs>
And I think it's a, yeah, it's 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 quite a blurred line between focusing on your own journey and actually listening to what others say, because um, right. you can you know you can get get out of your journey by listening too much to what other people say and vice versa. So the fact that you've managed to take what you actually needed to stay on that path and actually accelerate it is 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 something that is is quite difficult to do. And I'm glad you actually managed to do that. Yeah, and it it really did feel like a flick of a switch, and that's what's so weird about it. But I like from from that moment on, like like I said, like three months ago, I think was when about that happened. And just I feel like there's so much more just anticipation and like intentional direction now, which is absolutely yeah. a game changer. That's awesome, man. That's really powerful. I will really really wish you best of luck with that. And I'm hope I'm, I'm I'm hoping we'll catch up in a year or so to see what that takes you as well. Without a doubt, let I mean you know where you know where I'm at. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep in touch and we'll do this again sometime. Awesome, man! Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Take care. <laughs>